Welcome back to another episode of Confessions from the Sidelines. And I'm your host, Sarah L. Coward. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank our partners. Privacy laws make it difficult to help your adult children in an emergency. Power of attorney documents for your young adult children is a must-have. These are something you hope you'll never use, but when your adult child has an unexpected health or financial emergency, these documents ensure that you have the power to help. That's why I partnered with Mama Bear Legal Forms, where they make it easy to obtain the proper documents for you as a parent. Click the link in the show notes and be sure to use the code SLC20, that's SLC20, at Mama Bear Legal Forms to get yours today. Your student has chosen their school, they've got their roommate, and now comes the fun part of decorating their dorm room. Dormify is a one-stop shop for everything you need for your dorm room, from furniture essentials to even some amazing storage options. Dormify has just what you need to make the most out of your dorm room space. Head on over to dormify.com to check things out. Be sure to use the code Sarah L. Cowart, that's S-A-R-A-H-L-C-O-W-A-R-T at checkout. Now on to today's episode with another former student athlete of mine, Brandon Bridge. Brandon began his collegiate football career at Alcorn State University in Mississippi in 2010 before transferring to the University of South Alabama. He was selected by Montreal in the fourth round of the 2015 CFL draft. His five-year CFL career ended in 2019. And here is my conversation with Brandon. Brandon Bridge, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's so good for you to be here. I say it all the time. I feel like every single time I start an episode, I'm like, it's just so much fun. Like I get to talk to coaches I worked with, former student athletes, my friends, like this is just a good time being on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people don't know you and I met in the big city of Mobile. The biggest, (laughs) the biggest. (laughs) Right. Uh, Cause remind me, like, I think it was your first year you had transferred there. Like you got there the same time I did. Is that right? Yeah, I got there in January, 2012 was when I transferred yep. in. Yep. That's right. Okay. In, yeah. January, 2012, I transferred in. Cause I actually, it's so funny. I still have my, my Jaguar email BCB 1201 at jagmail.southalabama.edu. Nice. I still have it. I still have it. And, um, so yeah, like that was the time I came in. I do remember, uh, yeah, I was, I think you started in January, like the transferred in after the season was over. And then I arrived on campus in August Yeah, and yeah. And you, you played quarterback. Yeah. So, okay. But what I think people will let the people know you live in Canada. I do. And I you do. are a native Canadian. For sure. So I think that surprises a lot of people about like that you ended up in the South playing football. It was, it was, it was actually so it was, it was crazy how it all happened because like I played high school football in Canada and after my 10th grade year, um, I was being recruited by Buffalo and Syracuse, like Turner Gill and uh, Danny Barrett. So like they came out to games and they told me to transfer and go to a prep school like in, in uh, New York. So I remember like they sat down with my parents, gave them pamphlets saying, this is the school that we'd like your kid to go to, blah, blah, blah. So then my, when they left, my parents sat me down like, hey, is this something you want to do? And I just wasn't ready to leave my friends. And like my, and, like, my school was like, like freshly built. It was like built in like 2003. 
and um we, we had something going and like you know like i felt that like a lot of people were like transferring into my high school to for us to win championships and people wanted to play like with me and um and like the, i was like probably like the biggest recruit at that time i was like the number one recruit in canada at that time and then um so i, I ended up staying finished my junior year and senior year and then I went to Alcorn State, Mississippi the first year. Yeah. I went to the same school as Donald Driver and uh, Steve McNair. Yep. And um, I met Steve McNair's like whole family. Um, he passed away at the time. So his brother, Fred McNair, he was there. Um, Donald Driver came out to our homecoming game. So it was just so surreal. Like, And I started as like a, as, like, a true freshman. That was the year when I faced Mississippi State. Um, that year, Dak Prescott was, I think, a red shirt uh, there. Dylan Favre was a redshirt freshman who's Brett Favre's nephew. He was he was on the roster. Um, I think people might remember Tyler Russell. He was a quarterback. I think he wore number – I can't remember. What, no, I think it was number 16. And then uh, Chris Ralph, he was a big, big quarterback. He wore number 14. And, uh, yeah, so I started that year. And then uh, after that one year, um, my coaches ended up leaving. So then I ended up just transferring out and then – Old Joey Jones saw my highlight tape, picked me up, and uh, and it was all she wrote after that. That's right. That's right. So, because like that was a big jump of where like you were being seen by these like New York schools, a little closer to home if you had done that. But then you ended up at Alcorn State. What like what was the process like in recruiting? Because I mean, you're an international student. And yeah. so that there's a lot that goes into that. There is. There's a lot of paper that goes on to it that thank God my parents took care of it. Like my mom really took care of that part. But um for like the the um getting my name out there, like I went out to like a lot of camps, mm-hmm. um, like a national under underclassman camp. Um I just went to a lot of just football camps like in around like the like the northeast region of like America. So I spent a lot of time in like New York, Ohio, um, you know like states like that or whatever. And, um, and they honestly just, a lot of kids, a lot of like the schools were just like passing up on me because they said I was Canadian. It sounded so bad. They're like, Hey, you know what? Like, yeah. Like how well do you know, like our game? Like, you know, you're playing with like, cause in Canada we play with an extra man. Right. Yeah. And, like, like, and they're like, yo, like how well do you know our game? Like, like, you know, the competition up there isn't the best. So I was like, you just give me a chance. And that's how I, that's how I kind of got to Alcorn because they were kind of doing the same thing. And I was like, just give me a chance at uh, at, at quarterback. And they're like, you know, let's just put you at receiver. I was I was able to run. I was fast. And I was like, well, let's also me- tell everybody too, because I think this is a fact. When we hear like quarterbacks going to receiver, like, how tall are you? I am I am six five. So when I was recruited coming out of high school, I was six five, probably like a hundred like ninety five pounds. Right. Yeah. Coming out of high school, and uh, they were like, yo, like you have perfect height for receiver. You have good mm-hmm. speed. I'm sure you can catch something. They haven't even, I never even played receiver, but I was like, just give me a chance at quarterback. If I'm, if I'm making a quarterback, then I'll move to receiver. That's how I honestly got a chance with Alcorn. And like, they're like, okay, you know what? I'm like, just give me a chance. If not, I'll go play receiver. So when I went in there, I beat out like the red shirt senior at, as like a, as like a true freshman in a training camp. And that was all she wrote. And after that, that's when I guess, People started giving me a shot. Then I had a really good game against Mississippi State. Um, that was in 2000 and 2010. 2010, I think it was our third or fourth game. It was my first game or second game starting. Yeah. And it was against Mississippi State. And uh, 
I remember I took off for a 78 yard touchdown run. I threw for a touchdown in the first half. I think the first half score was literally like 14 to like 28. And after the second half, that's when like they, they started pummeling us, but like we were in it for a little bit and yeah. that's when that's all sure. Then I got kind of solidified myself as like, and then that's how like the whole air Canada thing happened because no one knew my name was, right. Can- like, no one knew my name was Brandon bridge. Like everyone yeah. called me Canada. Every campus I went to, they just called me Canada. Oh, like that's a Canadian kid, Canada. And it was actually the fans and like the alumni from um, Alcorn state that gave me the name air Canada because it was air Steve air McNair. And they're like, yeah. this is the next best quarterback we had since Steve Air McNair. And it was Air McNair because that was his last name. So they're like, yo, this kid, they, no one knew like my name was. They still didn't know what my name was on campus. They just knew me as Canada. But I feel like, too, that also happened when you got to South Alabama because everybody's like, wait, what? Like, you're from Canada? <laughs> they did. They're like, they're like, why'd you pass so many states to come down to, like, Alabama? Especially, like, a lot of my teammates. Like, I love my teammates. I, I'm still in contact with them now. Like, you know, Corey Bastida, like, he's – one of the funniest guys I've probably met. I'm still in contact with him now. And he always told me, like, why would you, like, like, like why would you travel and leave, like, 15 states to come down to Alabama? He said that, he thought that was crazy. And he asked me, like, does it snow every, like, everyone's asking me all these weird questions. Do I live in igloos? Have I ever seen, like, the sun? Like, they're asking me, I'm like, we have the exact same everything. And everyone asks the same question. Do I know Drake? Do I know Drake? <laughs> And do I know Justin Bieber? And that's all they ask. Do you know those guys? Nope. And uh, then you're not. (laughs) I will say I learned a lot about Drake and his music because of you and South Alabama. So like, that was a lot of that education for me. (laughs) It came down to, yeah. Cause I think everybody, we're just like so blown away for the fact that like you play football in Canada, like it's not like, and it's American football. Yeah. not soccer. So like, how did you even first get involved like in American football though? So like I was, so when I was younger, um, I was playing basketball at, at, at first. And then like my older brother wanted to play football. So my dad said, like my father put my brother in football and then he's like, do you want to play? And I was pretty much just following my brother. I'm like, sure. I'll let you play. And then, um, so I played the first year I played defensive end cause I was the tallest kid. So they put me on defense. But then, like, I didn't, I didn't like defense. So then uh, the following year, they put me on offense, and I started to, like, I guess I was, like, I guess, like, I, I became, like, I was more skilled than all the players, but I didn't know at that time. Because I started playing football kind of late. I started playing when I was 12. Yeah. And I didn't start playing quarterback officially until I was in the ninth grade of high school. So I, that's when I first started playing quarterback. So in the sixth grade, I started playing football, and I played, like, running back and receiver at that time. Yeah. And then I remember I got one hit and I told my dad after like the game, I'm like, I want to quit football. Like I want to go back to basketball. Like this game. lay you out on the, in the center of the court and play yeah. basketball. Yeah. Oh. So I'm like, this is actually so rough. I had bruises. I had cuts. I had everything on my arms. I was just walking. Like I was like a walking soreness. And then my dad said, you're not, you're not quitting football, but if you want to quit basketball, like you can quit that. I guess he saw that. In basketball, I was like either like with the crowd or not really above it. But he saw football; it was really like night and day. Like I was really like ahead skill wise than a lot of these kids. And he told me later, he's like, "There was no way I could let you quit football." And he's like, it, "Like I saw what I what I was seeing as a parent, and I know it could be biased. Like yeah, everyone thinks their parent, like their kid, is like you know the next LeBron James or the next Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson. But he's like, I just saw what you were doing to these kids, and I was like, there's no way. So." 
that's what made me stick with football. But I, I wanted to quit. I actually wanted to quit. And then my dad said, no. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think that's like important too, of like parents thinking, having these conversations with their kids, because like, I think every kid goes through that. where like, they're going to have a day where they're like, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I mean, cause I remember even playing in high school, like our team was terrible because it was like the first ever girl soccer team at our high school. And so of course we're playing against all these schools who'd had teams forever. And I'm like, we're never going to win a game. Like this is boring. And of course my parents were like, mm, but we don't quit things. And I was like, yeah. okay, fine. Finish. <laughs> like, Finish. Finish what you started. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's so important to, but to have those conversations of like, what's the reason behind, like, is it truly that you don't enjoy that sport? Mm-hmm. And like really thinking about it because yeah, I mean, if you want to play college sports, it's a grind. It is. It honestly <laughs> is. And like, I, and I, and I actually tell it's a great, I'm, I'm so glad you sent mentioned that. Cause like, I still talk to the kids now, like, especially being in the community, like I am asked of like what I, what I do now for work to like talk to like, you know, to go to, go to sporting events and whatever. And I actually tell a lot of the kids, I'm like, don't let football or whatever sport that you're in, like, don't let it use you. Like you use that sport. And a lot of, a lot of kids like nowadays, like they, they think that they didn't make it if they don't make it to the pros. And I'm like, there's a small chance, a very, very slim chance for you going to the pros. And like I said, if you look at the numbers, like at first, like when you're growing up, you don't want to be shot down with the dreams or anything. Like I want everyone to touch you dream big and, and, and shoot for the, you know, the stars and land on like the, like the clouds. Okay. But I was telling them like, there's over like probably 2000 kids like this, let's say for football eyes, there's over like 2000 kids that's probably eligible to play, to enter the NFL draft. Everyone's name is entered. There's only about 300 people or two, like two, 250, 300 people that get invited to the NFL combine. Out of the NFL combine, there's only 256 people or whatever get drafted. And how many of those people actually make the team? It's, it's, it's so tough. I'm like, and like you have over these amount of people that are, eligible for the draft and only out of the 32 teams are probably keeping like five of the guys. So five times 30, like that's, that's not, that's, that's not a lot of people. That's over like a hundred and like, you know, 60, yeah. whatever people. Right. So yeah. it's not, it's not a high percentage of it. I'm like, but if the, the win of it, the win of the whole thing is that you get your education paid for, you get a free diploma, you get an education and you walk away debt-free. Like, that's the win. Like, you get to walk out of there as opposed to having, okay, now I need to find a job so I can pay back the school that I just heard. Yeah, Yeah, because we talk about that a lot on the show is, you know, there are what we call headcount sports and equivalency sports. So if we're solely talking about football, Division I football, it is either all or nothing. So you're Mm -hmm. either getting a full ride or you're getting nothing at all. And I think that's so important to take into consideration because – you could be like being recruited by a school and they're like, you're gonna have to be a walk-on. But then you get recruited by this other school and they're like, yeah, we'll give you a full ride. Like you, those are some really tough decisions that like you have to make to figure out what you're going to do because the statistics show like only 7% of high school athletes go on to play their sport in college. So like when you talk about the small percentage of even going pro, like, that's even like it gets smaller and smaller every level you get to 100% you gotta like you're like literally like a needle in like a haystack it's like that's really what it is and it's um but like if you look at it on like I said like like when I went to South Alabama like obviously everyone on that football field you know wanted to play pro or whatever but at the same time I knew 
okay, what am I going to do when football ends? I always had that in the back of my mind. And when football is ending, I'm like, I want to be able to get this, get this diploma, get this uh, paper. And then I want to also, I can walk away debt free. That was the main thing. Cause like there was people that on campus and everyone said, Oh, you know, people are like, what are you doing after class? Well, I, I gotta go to work. You know, I gotta go, you know, work at, uh, what was that PQT or whatever the, uh, the little, the little chicken oh. finger spot or yes. like, or like, or like Fusakli's or whatever, or they had to go work at uh Plato's closet or, you know, all these places. Or they're like campus rec, like they're working on yeah, campus. Right? And, stuff. Go yeah. work and then it's, it's just like, they're like literally working for them to go to school. Then when they're done school, they have all this debt and they got to work for however long to pay off that debt. And then they want to buy a house. Now they're back in debt. You know, like, I'm like, you're literally like, you're literally just a walking dead for the rest of your life. But if you have the sport, if you look at it on the bright side, it's that you're getting your education paid for. And that is, and that's why I was not going to let it up, especially from a kid from Canada where I worked hard and, and it's like, I'm not going to let that up. A lot of people like, like let that slither away through like their fingertips they let it go away and like they took advantage of it and not in a positive way yeah oh I think that's such a good like thing to think about because you and I had so many conversations about okay Brandon like yeah I I knew what your dream was like you had this dream of Bram bro like you're like I'm gonna give it my shot Mm -hmm. but it always came back to okay when that's all said and done like what are we gonna do yeah exactly because it's such an important conversation to have because yeah, like, I mean, your body and I mean, my body told me my sophomore year of college, like you're done. This is it. Like, this is it. Like you let's, let's hang up the cleats. Let's move on. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm fine with that. But I know a lot of times, like we still want to continue to push to like what the next level is. Mm -hmm. And, and and you had a little bit of some, like you had a little shot here and there when you finished. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually, it was crazy. Cause like when I look back on it, it's just that like the last Canadian quarterback to be invited to the NFL combine was Jesse Palmer who works for like ESPN college game day or whatever. He was the last Canadian born cause he went, he was born in Ottawa. It was the capital of Canada Mm -hmm. and he went to Florida. He went to Florida Gators. And before him, that was like, in, I want to say 2004, I think he was drafted by the New York Giants. I think it was 2004, 2003. I remember when I was going through the process, he actually called me. Um, he called me and wished me like, you know, congratulations, blah, 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 way to represent. So it was it was pretty cool to, to, to have another Canadian do that. But like, it's not a lot. And like, I just, like, I definitely shot for it. I definitely had a couple stints and, and chances here. But like, you know, like, like I said, like, it's it's so hard. It's hard to it's hard to get in and it's hard. It's even hard to actually stay in. And just like even people who are drafted in the first round, like there's a lot of people like who go to ba- Alabama, Louisville, whatever the case may be. Then after it's so hard to get that second contract in the NFL. Right. So it's, it, it's hard to, it's hard to stay in or it's hard to get in. It's even harder to actually stay in. So I yeah. didn't want to get that out of my hands. Yeah. So, okay. There's a lot of things that we've kind of like talked about here, but I think one thing I want to hear from you is especially for our international students who are thinking like, this is something I want to do. What is your biggest advice for them as they start this process? They're going through everything. I think the biggest thing that they sh- should do is that they got to ask themselves, like, first of all, it's like, it's, it's definitely mental toughness um, for you to understand that like you are leaving everything. Like it's, you're, you're literally getting up, picking up and starting like a new life and meeting brand new people. Like, like you can't, Going, like if something's bad happening, you can't call your parents to come save the day. 
You call, and, you call your academic counselor, your coaches. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> That's what you have to lean on. And yeah. um, it helps you grow up. I think it's, it, it's definitely, it's, it's a scary moment. It's challenging, but you got to like fight through. There's going to be some days where you're going to miss home. And um, there's going to be some days you're going to see, like, especially with social media now with like social media, like Instagram and Twitter, you're going to see your friends like Facebook and posting photos and it's going to hurt you. You're going to see like, damn, I, I should be there. You know, like that, like that should be me. But you got to think that you are on a different path that you like to success. Everyone's on this path to be successful. That's what you want to be in life. You want to be successful because you're not walking the same path and, and you've got on different shoes, but you all got the same views. And like, and Drake actually said a great line, which I it stuck with me. He actually said, we walked the same path, but got on different shoes, live in the same building, but we got different views. And it's, it was pretty cool because it's like, he's, we're all trying to get to the same spot. We're the same here, but like, it's him just trying to just be successful. And so the number one thing is that you got to mentally prepare yourself that you are leaving everything that, like your family and friends. And that's the biggest thing. When people get up and leave somewhere where they're so used to, it's easy for them to just run back home after a year, after like that first six months, that first you know, that Christmas break where you can go home. It's like, I don't want to come back anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to, I just want to transfer closer to home or like the season didn't go the way you want. You got to stick it out. You got to grind. Exactly what you said. Like, you know, you got to finish the fight, like finish the season. Like if you go in, finish it. Yeah. And I think that's so important to hear is because yes, even, even if it's not an international student, but it's a student who say lives in Alabama, but then they are like going to school in California, like the conversations that you need to have with your parents and your friends is like, look, like, I'm going to need a support system. I'm going to build my support system out wherever I am. But at the same time, you got to be thinking about who is it that you could call on those moments when you're having like, oh, what did I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where yeah. did I land? And like having those like heart to heart conversations of saying, oh, because these were my goals. Yeah. hundred percent. This is why I made this decision. This is why. So important. Yeah. I well, totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Brandon, you know, the podcast is called Confessions from the Sidelines. <laughs> what is your favorite memory of standing on the sidelines? The favorite memory I probably have on the sideline. It probably has to, it's probably like in the more of like the locker room setting. Like it was just, besieged. you know what? I have <laughs> a funny story. So at South Alabama, we had the people who were red shirting. Like we had locker rooms, but like the people who were redshirting was in like the tent. Like they had like yes. a tent. Yes. And I remember one time, I remember one time we show up to the game and Basito was always cracking jokes, always cracking jokes. And he called <laughs> the people who were redshirting, like the tent people. And he's like, he's like, man, who uh <laughs> you know Basita? Like, hey, who uh, took all like the like the stingers, like the little like fruit snacks or whatever, like for halftime? He's like, who took all the stingers? He's like, must have been like those dang tent people. Like <laughs> he just blamed everything on them. He's like, who had the water? Water. People were like, man, it must be those tent people. <laughs> yes, people were just redshirting. So it was just so funny because we like we uh like we dressed everybody, right? So right. that was probably one of the probably the funniest moments. Or another one was uh wasn't funny, but it was uh one I won't forget was when uh it was our bowl game, the Camellia Bowl. I threw Anka, Ryan Anka, a pass. Yes. And he went out of bounds, got tackled. And I don't know why, but Joey Jones tried to catch him. And he got kicked right in the nose, right in the nose. I remember on the sideline, 
I was like, I'm glad Ryan's Ryan's graduating because <laughs> if we had practice. like he, I mean, coach had the bloodiest nose too. All yep. across his face. We were yep. all like, what? <laughs> I fully saw it. Like I saw it happen in slow motion. And I was just jogging back to the side. I'm like, man, like that is like his 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 nose is probably broken. Like it, <laughs> and then I end up watching like the video after on. I see like his wife and, and his daughter, um, Elise, I think her daughter his name is daughter Elise. Yeah, she just got married oh. and had kids. Yeah, at least um, it's his wife. Yeah. Yeah, or at least it's his wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, like, yeah, his daughter just had a kid and got married. But uh, yeah, like I remember them looking up at the jumbotron. They put him on the jumbotron. They're looking up, and they're just like, <laughs> everybody's like, "What just happened?" Yeah, that was another moment. That was another moment. That, I forgot uh, about that. Gosh, oh gosh, that was like, yeah, because everybody after the game were like, "It's coach okay? Like, yeah. what's going on? Is that broken nose? Like, it was wild." Yeah, he was, he, he was, he, he kept on coaching though. He stuck yeah, in there. Like it didn't even face him. He's like, whatever, give me the towel. Let's keep on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no big deal. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for being here. It was so good to catch up with you. Yeah, this is great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you have enjoyed today's show, be sure to head on over to your favorite podcasting platform to rate and review the show. And as always, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines.